This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. It's finally happened. The Oregon State Beavers have secured bowl eligibility with a 35-14 win over Stanford. It was a win that was pretty much expected on paper, but given the fact that the Beavers had lost back-to-back weeks to Cal and Colorado, one had to wonder at least just a little bit, but they got the job done, and now they were they're, they're bowl eligible. Who knows where the season will end for them, but we know that it will end in a bowl game of some form. I'm Aaron Fentress with the Oregonian. This is the Beaver Banter Podcast, and of course... I'm joined with the Oregonians beat reporter for the Oregon State Beavers, Mr. Nick Dasho. Nick, you were there for the monumental moment. And I'm not trying to make this too big of a deal, but it is a big deal because it's been a while. What was it like for the Beavers to finally get this done? Yeah, I mean, it is, it's a big, it's a big deal just because it's a, you know, it's a, it's, it's a milestone. It's something you can, you know, it's a tangible goal that, that they've been trying to achieve for quite a while and they're finally there. I, I know for some programs it it may just be routine, but for Oregon State it it's it's a real sign of progress and and uh you know it was it was the you know the students rushing the field and people pretty excited. The uh, Jonathan took a took an ice bath from a couple of players and you know it's uh Beavers are feeling good. Um and and we keep saying bowl eligible because it's not bowl guaranteed. There's, you know, there's always a possibility that weird things would happen and nine pack 12 teams would qualify and there'd only be seven bowl slots or, but I mean, most of that, that's probably not going to happen. And I would say we're going to say it's 99.95% guaranteed of going to a bowl somewhere. And this will be the first time since 2013 when they played in the Hawaii Bowl and beat Boise, if I'm correct, right? 38-23, I'm looking here, December 24th, 2013. Yep. Yep. Man, that's eight years ago. Oof. Yeah, that was – Pac-12's not even affiliated with that anymore, so – but and, uh, yeah, and prior to are... that, they went they went in twelve. They went they had a little gap there in ten, eleven. They went nine, eight, seven, six, four, three. So there was a, a run there where they were going to a bowl game most years, and then things fell off. Uh, do, do you think that this is a very quick turnaround for Smith to get them to this point, or or what you expected the timeline might be when he took over? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think it it might have happened last year if if we had a you know, a, a real year where no pandemic and everything, but you know, hard, hard to say, but yeah, I think we were looking at a, probably a three to five year window and, you know, they were probably hoping closer to three than five, but you know, when you, when, when the program was as bad as Oregon States was, it was probably three years was, might've been a little bit soon, but, but yeah. So they're right in the middle of, of what you would think what they had hoped would happen. And, and, you know, as Jonathan and the Beavers continue to say, you know, they're not done yet. I, 
you know, I, I would say, well, okay, well, show me you're not done yet. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know that's the case, but you know, maybe, maybe the win over Stanford, all that did was take the pressure off and, you know, they'll, they'll really cut loose here these last two weeks. You know, who's, who's to say that that won't happen. I, I don't know, but, but, uh, yeah, the program's uh, on on the upward climb, as they might say. So Smith took over in 2018, went two and ten. The next year, five and seven. Then there was the weird COVID year. They were two and five, but they did beat Oregon this year, six and four, with a couple games remaining. So that is a definite trajectory upwards. Uh, with two games left, I mean, do you, you know, to me, the Arizona State game is, of course, very winnable. I would still say the Oregon game is winnable, although Oregon is definitely playing much better football than they were a month ago. And Oregon State has been pretty shaky other than the Stanford game in the last few weeks. But, you know, I mean, would you would you expect they win one of these next two? I know we're going to talk about Arizona State later, but if you had to, if you had to decide right now, are they going to win one of the next two? Do you think it's, it's highly likely? I think it's I think it's better than fifty fifty that they win one of these next two. Uh, obviously, the game that's most likely is the one coming up because it's at home. Oregon State's five and zero. You never know what Arizona State team is going to show up this year. The one that's you know dominant with a run game and has a polished quarterback and and a defense that can create havoc, or is it the one that turns it over all the time and makes a lot of penalties, does a lot of boneheaded you know, it makes a lot of boneheaded mistakes. Um, I mean, I guess the other thing that to consider with Arizona state is, you know, they're making their second straight trip to the Northwest in two weeks. I mean, that's not easy for a college team. That, that, that second trip is, is a tough one. And so I think it's a little bit of an advantage to Oregon state. Uh, it'll be a tough game to win, but I think that's the one of the two you would definitely think, you know, Oregon state has a better chance to win. So Oregon State's defense dominated its game, which I think was pretty much ex- expected given that Tanner McKee was going to be out and poor Stanford was just throwing several quarterbacks out on the field to try and get something done, it looked like. Um, you know, but still, that doesn't mean that Oregon State's defense did not play well. They did play well. They dominated a team that was dominatable. <laughs> That's a word. Um, what did you feel about the defense's performance holding – you know, held 136 yards rushing, 94 passing, 230 total yards of offense on 4.7 yards per play. Right. I mean, all the numbers look good. The the 230 is the lowest uh, yardage total Oregon State has, has had since Jonathan took over in a conference game. Um, so, you know, all, the numbers all look good. But as I asked Jonathan today, I said, now, I mean, Stanford's bad. I mean, there's just no, no getting around it. They're bad. And, and, you know, was this fool's gold or, you know, how do you, how do you evaluate how you really played, you know, knowing that the other team probably, you know, didn't have a full deck there. And, and he understood what I was asking. And, you know, he said, well, we line, you know, we lined up in all the right places and, and, you know, he thought they played well. Um, But yeah, I think it's one of those things with, with this defense now that Trent Bray is running it you got to look at it and go, okay, you need to prove it again against a better team before, before we could say, yeah, boy, boy, they've turned the corner. Um, So, so I don't know, but, but they, they did, they did put a little bit more pressure, pressure on the quarterback. I I come away still being a little skeptical about the pass rush. They, they never, they didn't set, they never sacked the quarterback, which isn't always the biggest deal in the world. 
but you gotta you gotta really impact him with some pressure and make him th- you know throw quickly or throw quicker than he wants to. I thought they did a little bit of that, but I, I want to see more of that because it's that's really been a downfall of this defense of late is is getting some pressure on the quarterback. And then you know I I thought they I thought they covered I thought they covered Stanford's receivers pretty well. Again, Stanford's top you know two. Two of their top receivers, at least, are out. Um, they still have the big tight end who who caught a couple balls, one for a touchdown. But um, I mean, they did what you. I mean, you, that was the team they played Saturday. They dominated them. So how can you? You know, you can't. You can't. Uh, you know, you can't downfall. Put it, say that was a downfall for Oregon State. It, you know they they didn't have to play Oregon on Saturday. They play, had to play Stanford, and that was the that was the offense they had to face, and and they took care of them. This is true. It's one of those situations where you say, okay, they took care of business against a team they absolutely should have dominated, but we need to see more, and we'll see more when they play Arizona State. Before we get to that, though, uh, Chance Nolan looked good. Uh, one of his better games, complete games, especially the fact that he, a lot of his good games statistically in terms of completion percentages. He didn't throw for a ton of yards this time, 250, I believe, 252, something like that, uh, 257, sorry, 19 for 25, clearly a good completion percentage there. Uh, what did you think about his day overall? Yeah, I thought it was his best, probably his best performance since USC, I, I think, in that he he was accurate and he he led guys with passes. I mean, if you, of the 257, I don't have the number in front of me. I wrote about it this morning, but I want to say the yards after catch were somewhere around 160 to 70. Mm, wow. Um, so, I mean, he was he wasn't making guys have to you know improvise and you know fall down to catch balls. He was hitting them in stride, and they and they, and they were able to do something after the catch. So. I mean, the only two balls he threw that I thought, you know, weren't weren't great. They they were they were forty five fifty yard passes to Champ Fleming's downfield. I mean, okay, should he have hit one of those? Maybe, but you know, those are hard throws to hit, even when the guy's open. It's they're hard. So I I thought it was you know a good performance. It's exactly what Oregon State needs. They're going to run the they ran the ball two thirds of the time based on plays. I think it was fifty one. 51 run, 25 pass, something like that. So two thirds of the time, that's exactly what you want to see. You you you, you want to see a, you know, a, a fair amount of throws, but not a ton of throws, and you know, hit a high percentage and give your receivers a chance to make make plays. And he did, and and you know, it from that standpoint, it was a good performance. And then, uh, you know, typically the running game has been good. 226, they spread it out a lot. There wasn't uh, one guy who had a big, huge game. Uh, BJ just had 82 yards or 80 net on 23 carries. Uh, I mean, seemed like just, you know, another solid performance. They weren't necessarily dominant, but they didn't really need to be in the run game. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess you could maybe nitpick that one a little bit more in that Stanford had the worst run defense in the – Pack twelve and um they didn't really have any, you know, home run home run plays in the game. Um but they kept the chains moving, which is pretty much what you're trying to do with the running game is, you know, just keep keep converting first downs and 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 just wear out a defense. And 
I knew Stanford was going to was going to play better against the run because they just got embarrassed a week ago against Utah, and David Shaw is just too good of a coach to to you know allow that to happen again. So I I figured Stanford was going to play better against the run, and they did. But Oregon State still controlled the game with 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 the with the run, and you know it was it was it was what they needed. They they you know when they play in Arizona State or Oregon, maybe they will need some of those. 30 and 40 yard runs at some point in the game, but they didn't need it. They didn't need it on last Saturday, but they, but they did what they had to do. Was there any individuals on defense you thought stood out in uh, the new scheme? Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't call it a new scheme. I mean, it's a pretty much the or, same yeah, thing. Not, they, sorry, they, not a new scheme, just different. It was just, it there. was just, yeah, no, I mean, uh, Jaden Grant seemed pretty active out there. He had an interception and he almost had another one. Um, he seemed like he was in the middle of a lot of plays. Uh, Rajon Wright sort of woke up uh, Saturday, had a pick and, and played pretty good pass defense. Um, Keontae Shad looked good. He's the defensive tackle. He was, he was in the middle of a lot of just, he seemed pretty active in the middle. He had a fumble recovery and 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 seemed to be in the middle of everything. Um, Avery Roberts was Avery Roberts. You know, I don't know that one guy just stood out. They just they just seemed to play a little better this time. But again, I I need to see it again just because <laughs> that was that was Stanford. This is Arizona State. Let's if they can if they can control Arizona State then 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 I'll then I'll think well yeah maybe they are starting to turn a corner defensively You are listening to Beaver Banter and we'll be right back after a quick break At the risk of getting too far ahead of things um What's your what's your uh, and I'm I'm springing this on you here. What's your roster assessment in terms of its ability to continue elevating this program in the near future? Like let's say they let's say they go seven and five, flip a coin on the bowl game. Do you feel like Jonathan Smith has this program going in enough of the right direction with enough moving parts that they're going to still be around and continue to develop and get better to where? Not a nine win season is on the horizon, maybe even a 10, or is this like, okay, they're going to win seven this year, maybe a bowl game. And then there might be a backslide. I don't think so. I mean, are the, do I think they're going to win 10? No. I mean, that's at least not next year. Um, but I, you know, I, as long as they hang, hang on to Jim Halchek, the offensive line coach, I, I think they're always going to be solid on the offensive line, they're probably going to lose one, maybe two guys off the offense. Well, no, they'll lose two for sure. Um, I don't know what Brandon Kipper's going to do. I would, I would think he'll be back, but I don't know, but they've got some young guys on the offensive line that are promising. And so, so you got an offensive line that you can start with that, that, that should lead some, I think their quarterback room is pretty good. I, I don't even know that Chance Nolan is the is you know a guaranteed starter for next year. I mean these these younger guys are, are promising and it, provided Tristan Jebbia heals up and and stays in the program. I mean I haven't heard anything that says he's not, but I mean you know how the way quarterbacks are if they think 
you know, they're not going to get a, they're not going to get a shot to play. They, they move on to some, somewhere else. But I, I think, I think the quarterback room is pretty solid and uh, running, running backs are, are decent receivers. You know, they, they, they do need to upgrade at receiver in terms of size. They, they just don't have enough big guys, but I think, I think Jonathan will get that part solved. It's the defensive side of the ball. That's, that's always going to be the issue here. And, and, and specifically up front with the, with the defensive line, it's been getting slowly better every year. Um, it needs to get quite a bit better though, at least in size and, and whatnot. And those are just hard guys to find. Um, I, I don't, I don't think they're going to backslide to three or four wins next year. I think it's a, I think it's a, you know, they'll be looking at somewhere in the neighborhood of five to eight wins again next year, just depending on who, who leaves in terms of the NFL draft. And they're going to probably lose a few guys there. Um, plus this, plus the seniors. So, but that's the case with every, that's the case with every team. This is going to be an interesting year for the NFL draft, by the way. Oh my God. How many guys are going to be in the, there, that pool is going to be so deep. It's going to be so deep. And there's going to be a lot of disappointed guys that think that they, they, now's their time to get in the NFL. And they're going to find that the pool is twice as deep as it normally is just because of the, right. the COVID year and everybody's sticking around one extra year. And it's going to be, it's going to be, NFL is going to have some, some players to pick. There's going to be a lot of good undrafted free agents available at the end of the draft, it seems like. Yeah, yeah. Now, five wins? Come on, man. You're not going to go that low. Well, I mean, you got to be realistic. I mean, is Oregon the Beavers State, are back, have... baby. Come on. Okay, well, <laughs> I, I, you know, next year is just – see, but see, next year, again, is also going to be weird in that Reeser Stadium is going to be – you know, half under construction and, you know, they're going to be playing games, you know, with one side of the stadium, having no fans at all on it. And they'll have the one game in Portland and, and, uh, um, yeah, I don't know. That's, I haven't really given much thought to next year. Maybe ask me that six months from now, I'll go, Hey, 10 win season and just on the brink or, you know, maybe two wins. I don't know. No, I just think, I think they're at the point now where they, I think they're at the point now where, as long as Jonathan stays, you know, stays at Oregon State, which I have no reason to believe he's not going to, but there's going to be, there'll probably be a few schools t- making runs at him here, at, you know, in the next month or two with all these coaching openings. Speaking um, of which, I brought this up on uh, Talking Ducks, actually. We, we talked about Oregon State being bowl eligible and how cool that is for the state and for Oregon State. And I mentioned, hey, you know, uh, Washington fired its coach, and Jonathan Smith Smith was the OC there when they went to the national playoffs. Could you see the Huskies maybe uh, snooping around and seeing if they can pry Smith out of Corvallis? Oh, you know, I think they, they'll kick the tires on that one. I just, you know, I, I wonder uh, – I don't. I never got the impression that he's he's, you know, Washington meant something to him, but he's not in love with that place. I, I that's my impression that, you know, it was good for his career and all that, but I don't know that he loves that place like he does Oregon State. I mean, but but money it always comes down to money, right? Um, 
how much could Washington pay him to make him want to to make him want to leave Oregon State? Uh, uh, What's Oregon he making? State Oregon is, State? What's he making? Right well, now? he's only making two and a half this year. I say only, only two, <laughs> only, two, only two and a half. Only. He's making it. He's making Fentress money. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, but Oregon State is definitely going to come to the table with some more money. I mean, they're not going to let a guy go walk away, you know, for for a few hundred half million, you know, half a million dollars or something like that. <clears throat> they'll make it. They'll make him a a, a competitive offer. Um, so could he go, I suppose, but I'd be a little surprised, I guess. I mean, it's, it's the same thing with USC, you know, do they, you know, they might kick the tires on him too, but I, I think in both those cases, both those schools really value recruiting the four and five star guys. And that's not something Jonathan has, has proven he can do yet. Um, he recruits the guys he wants at Oregon state, but they don't have four and five stars attached to them. So I don't know. I, I wonder, you know, how their alums would, you know, their boosters would take to a Jonathan Smith, you know, in that regard. Cause that's something I think to sell your boosters on, you got to sell them on the fact the guy can bring in some big time talent and, and he, he, yeah, I wouldn't say he's done that at Oregon State. He's he's brought in players that he thinks he can develop and and you know put put on a competitive program. I kind of I kind of agree. Like I I I don't know if he. I, mean, I think football wise, USC and Washington might think that Smith can do a good job on the field, but yeah, the recruiting aspect do we know? But at the same time, a place like USC should recruit itself. And if he, you know, he puts together a staff of good recruiters that could probably take care of itself. And they need someone who's going to instill some discipline and some direction with that program. But part of me also feels like that Smith um, is going to hang out at Oregon State longer, even if teams come after him, because this is his baby now. Like, and he's he's a former player, and I think he'll give it more time before he decides to use Oregon State as a stepping stone. And I'm basing that on nothing other than you know, outside perception of who he is and where that program is. But I would kind of be surprised if someone came in and offered enough to either A, uh, beat anything Oregon State could come up with, or B, also be a program that or, that Smith would be like, oh, yeah, I'm ready to leave Oregon State now for that place. Yeah, I I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I I just, like I said, I don't, I don't get the impression that, you know, Washington is a place that he's got circled on his – you know, right. <laughs> on his on his list of places I really need to I really need to coach at, and um, so uh, and I don't see any school coming at him and offering him you know generational wealth. You know, uh, you know if somebody came and offered him seven million dollars a year, well, sure he'd have to think and and think hard about something like that. Oregon State's not going to pay that kind of money. But who's going to offer Jonathan Smith that at this point? I mean, all he's proven. So far as he can, he can get Oregon State to six wins. So you know you have to have a lot of faith that you know what the program that you have at, say, University of Washington, can he could he could take that and turn it into a ten win program within a hurry. And I and I don't I don't know that I don't know I don't know if you could say that yet. Agree. All right, let's move on to Arizona State. What's your initial impression of? the matchup for the Beavers against the Sun Devils, who have kind of been 
you know, early in the season, they looked like they were going to be maybe the class of the South, and then they tailed off a bit. They did uh, basically send Lake Packing by beating the Huskies up in Seattle on Saturday, but it was 35-30. So what's your impressions of them and what Oregon State needs to do to win this game? Well, I haven't done I haven't done much of a deep dive on them yet, but you know from what I've what I've have seen and is like I think I said at the outset, you you just have no, no idea what Arizona State team you're going to see. <laughs> it's I mean I mean just that Utah game in particular, they they look like the best team in the Pac-12 in the first half, and they look like Stanford in the second half. Um, they you know they they no showed against Washington State, and then last week they fall behind. What was it? I think it was four seventeen to three, or they were behind several couple scores at least to Washington, and they came back in the second half and pulled it out late. Um, yeah, last you know they Oregon State played. This is actually the third straight year Oregon State's played Arizona State in Reeser Stadium, um, thanks to COVID. Um, last year Oregon State just couldn't stop. Arizona State's run, and I think the Beavers are better are better equipped to stop the run this year, and they're going to have to be because Rashad White is he's a handful. Um, I even though I would say even though he is behind B.J. Baylor in yardage in the Pac-12, I'd say he's a much more viable candidate to be Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Year than than B.J. is. Um, he's he's just he's hard to handle, and then. And then you throw in a, a quarterback like Jaden Daniels, who can he can he not only can throw it, he, he he's run for about five hundred and some yards this year, so he can do both. Plus, he's played this is his third year as a starter. He's he's fairly experienced, and you know, uh, and 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 Oregon State is not going to be unfamiliar to, to Arizona State. They've played they've played in Corvallis the last two years in November. In in late November, even actually last year it was in December. So, so I don't know that you know the atmosphere is going to get to him. I just I always wonder. Like I said, when you're playing when you're a college team playing two weeks in a row on the road, and you got you know eighteen to twenty one year old kids that are you know they they're not they're not grown ups they're not really grown ups yet. And it's just it's it's hard. It's um and so I. But that's that's a minor that's a minor obstacle. Um, but this will be this will be. Uh, I'm just thinking the Oregon State's toughest home game to date would have been Utah. I, I would say this one's close. This one's close to Utah. Um, I think Utah and Arizona State are comparable. So if, if Oregon State could win this game and close out a close out their research stadium schedule six and zero, oh, I mean that's a that's a hell of an accomplishment. I think. One area area where Arizona State excels is in rush defense, but even there they can be pretty inconsistent, and it pretty much doesn't seem to matter what type of statistical uh, look a team has on defense against the run. Oregon State pretty much does what they want to do. They pretty much control that regardless. Yeah, I mean, I the way I look at I, I look at the Pac-12 and run defense. I mean, Arizona State is one of the they're one of the probably one of the top two run defenses. Well, in the top three, but does anybody in the Pac-12 really have a good run, really good run defense? <laughs> Probably not. I mean, they're they're one of the better ones, but they're still not great. So, right. so if Oregon State's on point, I, I think they still they still get Arizona State 
to some degree on Saturday. It's just a matter of can Chance Nolan make plays with his arm and with his legs, and can Oregon State stop Arizona State's running game and keep Jaden Daniels somewhat under control in terms of you know getting on the edge and, and turning third and sevens into first downs. Any chance there's a hangover effect for Oregon State this week? You know, feeling good about themselves. I I actually think it's the opposite. I I I think there's a better chance that you know the pressure's off now. They they've got the bowl thing taken care of. Maybe this maybe they loosen up a little bit and 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 it's just the opposite. They play better. So yeah. I don't I don't I don't see a hangover. Um, I mean, I suppose anything's possible, but I I actually think the opposite could be the, be true. So you think then when they beat Utah and then stumbled the next two weeks because maybe there was some pressure? Oh, I mean they wouldn't. They won't. They they would never admit it. But I mean they were they were. I think they were feeling a little bit in terms of you know if we don't get six wins, you know what's the season going to look like? And you know they finally got against Stanford. But if they hadn't got against Stanford, I mean it would have been it have been it have been a tough slog here these last two weeks. So I think they're I think they're. I asked a couple of them, you know, are you more are you are you more relieved or, or or joyful about this on Saturday night? And you know, none of them would admit to you know being, you know, being relieved. But Jonathan kind of said in not so many words that you know, yeah, this is a big deal and blah blah blah. And so I, I, I just think I just think there's a better chance they're going to play, they're going to play loose as opposed to as opposed to having a hangover Saturday. Yeah, I hear you. There's definitely a case to be made for the fact that had they lost to Stanford, they would have played tighter uh, for sure. Because now it's like, oh my God, we lost three in a row to three bad teams. And now we got two good teams coming up, including a, a, a basically a playoff ranked team right now. And if we lose both of these games, <laughs> we're not going to make a bowl. And we have basically have lost five straight. Um, yeah. It's, and, it's and, there, and there's also... There's also things to play for still too, depending yeah. on how Oregon fares at Utah. I, I mean, if Oregon loses at Utah, the Pac-12 North is open. I mean, they don't need Oregon State doesn't need a ton of things to happen to 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 make that to win a championship. Um, you know, they need two. They need two outcomes to happen. Well, three. They need to win these last two. They need to. They need Oregon to lose at Utah. They need Washington State to lose one of their last two. And probably the Apple Cup is the one that would be the most likely one. I mean, those are not far fetched. I mean, Oregon's not Oregon's an underdog at Utah. Doesn't mean they're doesn't mean they won't win. I think the Cougars will be the underdog at, at Washington. Doesn't mean they won't win, but you know, they they haven't beaten Washington in a while. And then Oregon State would have to win, you know, these last two and you know, Oregon hasn't lost at home in what three years or something like that. I think it's what seventeen or something like that. Seventeen straight games. So I mean, it's a long shot, but it's still out there. And so, I mean, wouldn't that be a story? Absolutely. But it's best that Oregon State got it done out of the way, and they're not trying to chase it against a good team. Yeah, you know, get it out of the way. Yeah, the, I mean the other and the other and the other reason it's it would be big to win one of these last two games is it sets them up for a better bowl game. I mean, oh. you lose your last two, you're, you're probably playing in the sun bowl or, you know, God, the sun bowl. Um, 
or you know, <laughs> hey, you can't you can't be God in the Sun Bowl, man. You have, when was the last time you covered a bowl game? I've been I've covered three Sun Bowls and, and <laughs> oh, that's and why each, you did it. Okay, and each and each one of them and each one of them got less exciting. Let me tell you, <laughs> um, I'm that way about the Alamo Bowl. I went to two Alamo Bowls in uh, three years. And when I got to the second one, I did not want to be there at all. I didn't want to be at the first one, but at least it was my first one. But the second one was just like, oh, gosh, get me out of here. So I No, feel, I mean, I you know, and then, you know, I I mean, the other one, the other one that could happen is they could go to the Holiday Bowl, which would be great because then I'd be going to San Diego and my daughter, who's at the University of San Diego, would be coming home. So I'd be in San Diego when she's up here at our house. That'd be great. You want the Las Vegas Bowl, man. Is that still Pac-12 tied? Yeah, no, that's that's a pot. That's that's what I'm saying. If they can win, if they can win one of these last two games to get to five and four, then they're in a they're in shape. They're in good shape to get. Uh, probably not the Alamo Bowl because that's the number one. Um, that's the number one bowl behind the Rose Bowl. But then it's then the Holiday in Vegas are the next two. If you're five and four, you got a good chance to land in one of those two. You know those those would be those would be good games. I mean, at Oregon State can't be picky. Obviously, a bowl game is a bowl game, whether it's played in, you know, Yakima or it's played in, you know, in San Diego or Vegas. Um, you know, they haven't been to one for a while, so they can't be picky. But you know, win, win as many as you can and increase your odds of playing in a good one. Well, I'm pulling for Vegas Bowl, and I'm going to lobby to help you cover it. And I use cover in air quotes because basically I'll shag quotes for you and send them to you from a roulette table. So you got plenty. Of, you got plenty of stuff to. You got plenty of grease fires to put out with the Blazers right now. <laughs> grease fires. That's a great way to put it. <laughs> oh my God, it is a circus. But that's more more reason why I'd want to be in Vegas with you for a bowl game. Get away from that nonsense. Yeah. Right. Anyway, all right. Anything else to add about these these upstart beavers? No, I don't think so. I think we pretty well pretty well covered the uh, where we're at after ten games, and and they're in. Uh, yeah, Love it. so a week from now we might be talking about something really exciting, or Ooh. we might just be it might just be all rivalry talk and and nothing more than that. Okay, so if Oregon so. State beats Arizona State and Utah beats Oregon. Then, then the then then the North is on the line. Provided the Washington State loses to Washington, or Wa- Washington State also plays Arizona this week, but I I cannot see Arizona beating Washington State, so that's why I'm putting it to the Apple Cup. Um, but the the Apple Cup is in Seattle, so that's um, yeah. So I mean, a week from now, who knows? I don't know. I I have a feeling Oregon's going to beat Utah, and it's not going to matter. But um, uh, but you know, we'll, so we'll see. Okay. All right. Well, I think that's it for the Beaver Banter podcast. Be sure to click the subscribe button and give us a positive rating. And we will be back on Monday to discuss the happenings from over the weekend as the Beavers host Arizona State looking to improve their bowl chances. They're already eligible, but as Nick said earlier, they're not guaranteed a bowl. There's a 1% chance they could get squeezed. You never know. So best to get another win before the season is over. Thanks for listening, and we will be back next week.